Hey, this is Ro. And this is Joe. And we discuss the black and white of things. The gray area. Today we are discussing post-traumatic slavery disorder. Well, I found this, I stumbled upon this video. It was handed to me when I was in my graduate's program. Uh, the video was created and is narrated and talked by Dr. <laughs> Joy, Joy Leary. She is a social scientist um, and it sounds like this is her baby. So six years of research in the area of focus of violence. So we're going to discuss this. <clears throat> the video can be found on YouTube. I urge everyone and I even posted it on my Facebook page. And we will attach a link in our the description of the podcast. Yes. Um, Post-traumatic slavery disorder. We are going to discuss it here on the podcast from our perspective. And so you should watch it. It's it's very informative. What do you how do you feel about it? It was very informative. Yes, yeah, it was very interesting. Yes. What's really interesting about the video is that she does the talk in front of a very diverse group. And I like it that she says at the beginning that a lot of people would be uncomfortable with what she has to say. Um, and that. And I know that this video was actually not done in the United States, but she does do the video here that just the one that we happen to watch on video. They were not, I think it was in Canada okay. or somewhere in the UK maybe, but I know that that one was not recorded here just by her. She made a comment in the United States and here. Meaning, right. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. So. But she said that the people, there would be people in her audience that would be uncomfortable. And I think that's um, pretty much the climate. Well, that's about, just the norm, probably from yeah, the beginning of time. It's race. When you talk about race and racism, it makes everyone uncomfortable. <clears throat> so um, she says that there's an, a lot of ambivalence regarding slavery, you know, people's first reaction when you begin to talk about it is like, Oh, here it's we over. go again. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. Um, I've, I've heard it said recently that progressive people who consider themselves progressive do not consider themselves racist. Um, but you really have to do some self analysis and realize, you know, how white privilege and white supremacy has afforded you your plight in life and where you are before you can say. Well, it's just like an alcoholic. The first step to getting better and getting sober is recognizing your disease. Yes. So slavery is a disease. I like that you. Yes. Right. Racism, not necessarily a disease, but the mindset, it's not a disease, but it's comparable to you have to recognize the problem in order to get past the problem. So anybody to say that there's not a problem today, that the problem has stopped at the end of slavery, it, it, they're just in complete denial. And that's a part of privilege. Yes. And so which all stems of why we started this podcast. We just want people to recognize and talk about the problems that are existing. Why? How, like, what can we do about it? And so on and so forth. But, you know, she speaks on a whole lot of problems. I think that may be beneficial for even more black people to understand because then therefore they may be able to under, understand themselves a little better. Yes. Yes. And I, that's what I get out of the video is, you know, going back to pro post-traumatic stress, 
you know, a lot of people can identify with that. If you've been raped, if you've, um, I mean, any, you can, any experience that has caused you trauma, your house being broken into a car accident, um, war, a lot of people who have been in war, who are in the military experience post-traumatic stress disorder, watching someone else experience trauma can cause you trauma. Right. And so some of the symptoms that she says, um, and, and these are symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, are, are um, a feeling of a short future. So, oh, I'm going to die. You know, I don't feel like I'm going to live a long time. Uh, exaggerated startle response, meaning that, you know, anything could shake you at the core. Out, sudden outburst of anger, difficulty falling asleep and staying asleep, being hypervigilant. You know, sometimes I find myself doing that mm-hmm. throughout my life. I've been that way. And she explains that, you know, this is that's what post-traumatic slavery disorder is. You learn things from your environment. You learn it from your mom, your dad, your family passes down what they know. And so in essence, she said that when you have post-traumatic stress disorder, there's a fix for it. You know, you go and get mental health help. You, 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 there are even drugs that you can take. There are therapies, cognitive behavioral therapies. There's so many therapies that you can use to help you with your post-traumatic stress disorder. And pretty much in this video, what she's saying is nothing has been done for African-American people to help with post-traumatic slavery disorder, no mental health help, you know, nothing. It just, it's just like, you know, the, the, the stepchild go away. Well, it was almost like, so they, they were enslaved and then, they weren't enslaved. And then that was that. Yeah. Just like the man who's been imprisoned for so many years and then they're let go. And then that's that. Yeah. So, you know, it, if there's no help for anybody that goes through such ordeals, and, then they don't get help. And then they go home around their families and their families suffer their symptoms. Their family will, you know, absorb Exactly. Those That's symptoms and then therefore and pass it on. Pass it's, it on it's a vicious on, cycle. Passed on. Yes. Just to help relate to why you're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. It's obvious, but some people may not get it. So you're, you're so that's basically those same symptoms from post-traumatic stress disorder are pretty much the same symptoms that someone could experience from being having their ancestors that were enslaved. Yes. So these disorders were passed down from generation to generation to generation. Yeah. And the reactions too. so um, and just to put it into perspective and why there is post-traumatic slavery disorder, 246 years of what she called uh, chattel slavery. So 246 years. Of trauma. And no means of And help. the trauma didn't end once that ended. I mean, and she even more that. trauma. Yes. Lynchings didn't happen until after slavery. Right. So <clears throat> so then, therefore, after that, then there was more trauma after that. More trauma to come after that. You know, so there's been trauma, trauma, trauma. The trauma's getting less traumatic, but it's still existing. But it, but is in it? In different ways. Tra- is it's it just not traumatic? as obvious. It's not obvious trauma. 
But I don't know about that. Because to people that are are seeing it, but I'm just, we're speaking to a, you know, we're trying to speak to everybody. So not everybody recognizes what we recognize. So like for me, I see the trauma still continuing. Of course. But for the, 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 the blind white eye, <laughs> shall I say, <laughs> they may not get it yet. Right. And that's why we're here. Oh, God. We're hoping. Let that me they, just say that Joe called me that out they get it. on me saying right so much, but fuck it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I called you out. Shit. I say right all the time. And I stutter and repeat oh myself. My gosh. Trying to get shit out. Uh, so there's yeah, never yeah, been yeah. a point of healing for uh, black people. And she speaks of multi-generational uh, post-traumatic slavery disorder, because as Joe just stated, you know, when something happens, you have this knee jerk response to that trauma. And this is what is normalized. The knee jerk response is what's normalized. And so you teach your children that, oh, this is how you react when something happens to you, blah, blah, blah. And so that's passed down because what you know or what you think, you know, what has been normalized is what you teach. And because it is normalized, it doesn't seem like it's out of place. It doesn't seem wrong. It doesn't right. seem to be a problem. Joy says that everyone does not experience trauma the same way. So I can experience a trauma. You could experience the same trauma, but my reaction to that and yours would be different. Right. Mm-hmm. See, I said it. Yes. Fucking right. Insert me and losing my oldest child. A lot of people close to me felt like I didn't, you're not grieving. You know, they, they didn't see me break down. You know, I didn't have this moment or this time period of woe is me. I'm not doing anything. As a matter of fact, I started my graduate program. I did a whole lot of things that didn't look like grief to the normal person. Right. But what you don't realize or what they didn't realize is that, you know, I had grieved the loss of him before he even transitioned moments of, you know, nights of tears and not wanting to eat and being angry. And, and that, that still happens, but not to the degree that, you know, someone who has lost a child may think or, from the outside looking in, well, she doesn't look like she's exactly well. And then throwing yourself into a graduate program could have been a part of grief yes. because you're, you know, we all know sometimes a lot of people go overboard on one thing to forget about another thing. Exactly. So you kind of tried to bury yourself in, in things that take away your focus. So, you know, whether it's a good way or a bad way, it's still a way. Right. But then right. there are the there are still residual and there will always be residual impacts of the trauma of losing, you know. Exactly. I mean, and how will I pass that down? You know, just listening to the video of her, it makes me cognizant of what have I passed along to my children, you know, how my mother dealt with trauma and how she normalized it, which is how I normalize it, which is how I, you know, it's, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. 
So she also speaks of, and you go ahead. But there's no right or wrong way to grieve or deal with trauma either. There is no right or wrong way to. I mean, of of course, okay, there is a wrong way per se. I mean, yeah, you can't deal with trauma and go shoot somebody or strangle them or or abuse animals or become a drug addict. addict. Because there is that. People do do that. For sure. So you wanted to say something. I feel like I'm talking a lot. (laughs) We, um, she speaks of a lot of prominent figures, white men from the 1700s who had a lot to do with, you know, science and the fact that science determines reality. And if it's in a book and scientifically proven, that makes it fact. But she speaks to the fact of us losing a planet you know there are so many planets and then all of a sudden we lost a planet or that planet doesn't exist anymore and how do you explain that because no one said oh we made a mistake they just said oh the planet went missing but no bitch you made a motherfucking mistake own up to your mistake science well they legitimize it right and it was carl van linicus Linnaeus. He was the one who began science. He began the science Linasis. of anthropo- anthropology. And he is the one who made the Homo Americanus, Homo Europeus, Homo Asiatic. Asiaticus. And Homo Afer, mm-hmm. Afer, which is black people. But anyway, so he came up with this fake science. Needless to say, all these people that are part of everything, like the Church of England, there's John Newton. There's just so many of them. And then if you Google these people, they're they're just like the lady who founded Planned Parenthood. They're, if you Google them, they're all like American heroes or famous yes. scientists and stuff like that. But these are just people that played a major role in whitewashing, bigotry, slaves, uh, just everything. Just did, did horrible crimes against Black people, against children, against people of color in general. And so I guess what she was saying, though, is she was saying she called she referred to it as cognitive dissonance. Some of these people did the things that they did, tried to delegitimize it like they would come up with laws. They came up with laws. So if so many people were killed while they were being, quote unquote, corrected as slaves um, they they have it happened so much that they came up with laws about it to make it to legitimize to it, legitimize to make it OK, it. so that the person that was doing it could say, well, it's it's the law. So I'm allowed to do it. Ugh. And when she did the research, actually, on who was actually doing the most uh, um, killing, like who was doing most of it was white women killing black children in the name of correcting them and their behavior. So there wasn't like one p- person per se. But well, let me just let's just go back to that Carl Van Lanesis. And I just want to because she did. He developed a system based on skin color. So he laid the basis for 19th century racial classification. Mm. So just to go over like Homo Americus. He helped solidify the white race. Right. So Homo Europeus. He defined them as white. Fickle, confident, blue-eyed, gentle, and governed by laws. These are white people. And then when it comes to homo afer or black people, he describes them as black, apathetic, 
cunning, lazy, lustful, careless, and governed by no motives. Like we're whimsical. Mm. Let's go back to that lustful thing because it goes to black women and why they were allowed to be raped. You couldn't rape a prostitute or a promiscuous person. Right. Because they were already considered promiscuous. Did I mention the fact that we watched the America, the, the porn awards? Did I mention that? And because I still know how they were 99 percent white. Yeah. Like how in the fuck is it that black women are lustful or black people are lustful? And then we have these porn awards. I mean, you get a fucking award for dick and pussy for sucking <laughs> dick and fucking you get an award. Oh yeah. I started Meritocracy. What were you saying? I don't know. Sucking nine to five. <laughs> yes. Gotta fuck to make a living. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes, still dumbfound by that. Right. But oh, anyway, God. so we're lustful, but white people are capitalizing off of that because like I said, 90 fucking 7% don't of that white audience. people get to capitalize off everything. Though. Yes. And that, that goes back to that. Shit, but everything else that he says, everything. So every other, uh, category of like homo Americas, every one of these descriptions, the Asians, the Indians, the black people, they're all negative right. in essence, except for the European my blue eyes. Your blue eyes, girl. Mm. Girl. Mm-hmm. I am privileged. Girl. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> With my fragile ass. And also, you mentioned um, talking about cognitive dissonance, which is, you know, you begin to feel conflict between what you believe and how you act. And so you reframe things or like you said, you legitimize it so that you can kind of stuff it away and make it OK. So basically right. you're bullshitting yourself. But anyway, Reverend John Newton. Oh, the Amazing Grace, the Amazing guy. Grace guy. So how many people sing Amazing Grace in church? So this On fucking movies. song was created by. Someone who considered black people barbaric, less than human, less than human, no Christian soul, no Christian souls. Women and girls are taken on board a ship, naked, trembling, terrified. They are often exposed to wanton, to the wanton rudeness of white savages. Well, at least he called you guys savages and not you personally, but just white people. The prey. I am a savage. (laughs) Me too. The, the, the prey is divided upon the spot. Resistance is refute resistance or refusal is futile. So basically these young black girls and women were going to be raped regardless by the white savages. And he is being, she says that he said, I have sinned with a high hand. And then she says, and yeah, he wrote amazing grace. And everybody loves it. And everybody loves it. How sweet the motherfucking sound that saved a wretch like me. He once was lost. But now he's found. God damn. (laughs) This is some bullshit. No one really cares about what the world has become so shallow. I guess it always was because no one really ever cares about. Like the the deeper meaning behind anything, really. Like everything that's trendy and something. No one really now millennials are they say they're so sensitive but they pick on the dumbest shit like the what i just see recently that they do a fit about oh the ihop with the pancakes in the uterus like who really gives a shit how offensive really is that who cares i didn't know what oh my god they're throwing a fit because <laughs> ihop said the mummies mummies with pancakes in their tummies 
are like something happy and they have a, a, a like an ultrasound that you would see a baby in. Mm-hmm. But you see like this big stack of pancakes. <laughs> That's cute. What's the problem? I don't know. People are throwing a fit about oh it. Oh, my God. Like, if everybody so stops throwing a fit about dumb shit and really pay attention to, to what's really going To the shit that matters. On. Like, let's fucking heal this fucking slavery shit and move forward. That's the only Why way. Why didn't no one boycott Amazing Grace yet? Well, it's like you said. The shit becomes normalized. It's like um, we were going to do, and we still are, the podcast about Margaret Sanger. Mm-hmm. The inventor of Planned Parenthood. Now, you know, founder, founder, sorry, whatever. Right. There was a law recently signed by Governor Brian Kemp oh. here in Georgia, yeah. the heartbeat bill that doesn't allow for a woman to have an abortion. And fuck you, men with dicks. All men have dicks for telling me what the fuck I can do with my body. Fucking put yeah, What's this whole law about your go to jail? Yeah. If you have an abortion, um, and that you can hear like on the fetal monitor, if you can hear the baby's heartbeat, it's against the law to have an abortion. No, but I think there's also a law that if you have a miscarriage that's caused by you, you can actually go to jail for murder. too. Oh, I don't know, but I know something about if you travel outside the state of Georgia to have an abortion, you can get in trouble for that. But anyway, yeah, that is crazy. I mean, there, um, there are supporters of the bill and I was listening to the radio one morning last week and one of the supporters happened to be a black woman and she supports the bill she mentioned margaret sanger and how you know eugenics margaret sanger founded planned parenthood and planned parenthood was basically erected to eradicate the black race cleanse yeah cleanse. ethnic cleansing ethnic cleansing yeah. yes and so now because women can go to planned parenthood and get the abortion or get you know contraceptives and feminine health checks we don't think about margaret sanger and what the intent of planned parenthood was we just think of it as being planned parenthood was a was created to it's it's stop, but it's clutch. The, stop the black family from yeah, but it's clutch now because you know if I'm pregnant and I need a, an abortion or if I need if I'm gonna have sex and I need birth control I can go to Planned Parenthood so that again it it kind of seems you like go a to form a doctor of maybe cognitive dissonance is so we forget why it was founded in the first place. Okay, well, what did Be- she say about Margaret Sanders? Sanger. Sanger's. I always it's just Sanders. the fact that she's saying. Because Planned Parenthood was founded by this individual. She did. So she did recognize. Yes. But but she's using that as a means. Of being a proponent for the heart bill, heartbeat bill, she's saying that because it was uh, erected to for ethnic cleansing, that it shouldn't be this shouldn't be an issue. Well, I guess maybe it'll just push the morning after pill sales to go up in Georgia. I mean, there is a morning after pill. You can you can just so if you are raped, you can go get the morning after pill. Right. I mean, I I I don't agree with the heartbeat bill. I don't agree by any means. Like I do think. I mean, I don't agree with getting an abortion at eight months though either. So there's a fine line with abortion, right? There is, and that's not my favorite thing to talk about. So I mean, I don't really put much attention to it. 
But I do think we are women and it's our bodies and it, we do should be able to do what the fuck we want with them and not be judged. But I was just in, in reference to why we, you know, we're singing amazing grace as if it's no, the end I all be it. all. And the, and the woman who, whose song is now banned from the baseball fields, because what was the intent the intent of the song from the beginning was it God bless America? I, I don't think know so. what the fuck the song is, but it, in essence, it makes black people out to be animals um, and that we should be killed and treated like shit. And we're singing about it. You put a nice melody to and it. And that goes to the TED talk. Why whitewashing black history is dangerous. Because if if people knew from the beginning of time, true black history, all this dumb shit going on today, a lot of it would wouldn't be a problem. Like well, they would have already the knew. Truth, right? They would have knew. So just then we the could, then people can make their own decisions. You know, when you know the truth about something, you can make your own educated opinion which way to go. Exactly. You know, you're not lied to lied into believing one way or the other. And then you find out later and then you're angry. So, I mean, just tell the truth. You know, it happened. It is what it is. But people can't heal until everybody recognizes that there's a problem. So we want yeah. going back and at the beginning of but, the video, she speaks of Jews and the Holocaust and why, you know, Jewish people always recognize the Holocaust and why Steven Spielberg makes the movies of the Holocaust is because they want to honor those people. And you asked me a question before we got on. What was that question about? Why do you think, why do I think? Oh, why people don't say get over it. Like they do slavery. Yeah. Like you, like if black people complain about racism and people are like, well, slavery ended such and such years ago, blah, 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 get over it. People don't say that to people that really recognize like the Holocaust or Jewish people talk about like they post pictures about like their grandmother and they survived this and they went through that. No, you know, no black people post anything about this is my grandmother and she survived 30 years of oppression from the white guy down the street. Right. But um, I had just mentioned maybe it's because that happened in Germany and not here in and America. not here in America. Again. So it's not America's problem. White people in America don't have any guilt by it. Right. Because they can say what happened over there. Not here. We didn't do that. But in, in essence, they did. Yes. And I think that's a great point. You know, you you if it didn't happen, if I didn't do it. And that's that's the issue with racism and race today. And most progressive people or people who feel that they are not racist will say, well, I didn't do it. That wasn't me. That happened back then. But take a look at your circle. Is there any black people in your circle? Is anybody in your family dealing with anybody black that if anything bad did happen to a black person, is it going to affect you? Exactly. And if you, and you say no to that, then you may want to question, why don't I have anyone black in my circle? And we're not by any means are we not saying that, you know, you got to go outside of your circle and find a black person and bring them no, on I, in. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I mean, hey, but, I mean, but shit, you know, everybody needs some salt and pepper. That's true. Yeah, I agree. But she also Joy also mentioned we're going to talk about the 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 cop that she Norm Stamper has a book called Breaking Rank. Which we got to read that. Yes, we I do. really am interested. And in she that. speaks about how this guy is basically in hiding because he's telling the truth about police officers, mm. cops. They have these uh, codes, NHI, no human involved, meaning that a prostitute, you know, or a black person was killed. 
And is that not a fucked up code? What about the animal? Oh, the code 1113, a code for an injured animal or a nigger. Right. Which is an injured black person. Right. Right. Yeah, it's sick. And she does mention how white cops are scared of black men, which I've always thought that. You did. White, and they're they're in denial. And then she also, did you hear the part where she mentioned them being short? I didn't. Well, she does. But and she, you're going to have to read. But to that, she did yeah. say that big black men have bullseyes on their yeah. head, like white. Yeah. White the bigger cops. you are, the blacker you are, the scarier you are. Yes. And that's right. really disgusting. It is. And I mean, I, I just feel like, you know, people doing the hiring really need to start paying attention to this shit because this isn't just my opinion. This is like researchers, studies, statistics. They're showing these behaviors. These it's behaviors. it's over and over repeated right behaviors. It's all right there. So and for something of, needs to be done. For all of you out there who think that we're just popping shit and, you know, Talking right. out the side of our necks. Well, fuck you. Well, That's well, what Joe says. Well, that was Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we come from a place of, like you said, like statistics. We're we're giving you knowledge. We're giving you facts. All of these things that we discuss can be looked up. Google. Google is your friend. Google the shit. You know, mm-hmm. look at it. And there Research. will be more than one article. There will be more than one TED Talk. There will be more than one book. Um, Book, tweet, Instagram post, Facebook post, Facebook story, Instagram story, Facebook business page, activists, community service. Like it's there's so many people out there fighting for different things, you know, and it's not all for no reason. So just, you know, the average person, if you're not interested in it, fine, but you should take just a slight interest in something outside of yourself or outside of your circle. Just because secrets make us sick. She says that. I love that. Secrets make us sick. And slavery and racism is the secret that none of us wish to get our hands dirty with. We don't want to talk about it. We just want to sweep it under the rug. And white people don't want to probably because of guilt and embarrassment and shame. And, you know, all the white people who love Brene Brown, she's probably all about talking about it. Get, yes, you know, I be love, vulnerable. I love Brene. Yeah, Brown so Brene Brown. So all of y'all who don't really fuck with racism, but you fuck with Brene Brown, think about think about it with like no, but seriously, think that's about it good, that way. That's a good analogy. Like, yeah, she's always talking about shame and vulnerability in order to like get through and be happy and be truly genuinely happy. You, you got to be vulnerable. Be vulnerable, yes. which is face that shame face that embarrassment and just work through it lean in however whatever whatever phrase or term that's popular use it and you can use it and relate it to working with racism one way shape or form of course so and then for black people they're probably just well we didn't quite get into that and why this video you know hits home for me and how it impacts black people, African-American people. And she says it in the video, you know, if, if you don't heal, it's the same premise. If you don't heal the wound, you cannot grow. Mm -hmm. And so we've talked about colorism, which is, you know, it's a disease within the black community. Right. You know, 
black on black crime. That's a disease in the black community. I mean, I could go on and on. There are many, many instances of how we shoot ourselves. We kill ourselves. And I don't even mean literally because that happens too. But I mean, on a psychological level, we fuck each other up because we're trying to deal with the post-traumatic slavery disorder without tools. And right. so we keep giving this shit. It's multi-generational, as we said, as she said, we give it, we, we're force-feeding it to our families. And we think that this is normal, but it is not normal. And so we as Black people have to look at ourselves and, and deal with our own healing because truly, and this is just on an individual note, if you cannot help yourself, love yourself first, you can't love anyone else. No, so, right. you know, take some responsibility as Black people to get our own healing um, and, and do our own work to get there. It's important. It's imperative. We talked about when, when we talked about what was it colorism and and. I thought of an instance where we should have mentioned Will Smith playing. Oh yeah. um, Venus and Serena's dad. And and in the black community, it was a big issue. Like, Oh, couldn't you have gotten Mahershala Ali to play, you know, but what fucking difference does it make? I mean, white people have been whitewashing movies forever and we'll still go see Keanu Reeves play a goddamn, you know, Asian who was he? Fucking, I don't I've know. I've seen the list. It was way more than Fu I man. ever realized. <laughs> and I think I might have seen one or two of the movies and didn't even realize that that, they, was, that was initially supposed to be, you know, a different ethnicity or race. Yeah. So, right. So, just so like basically, everything's whitewashed. <laughs> the whitewashing is not only just affecting white people, it affects black people the worst. So just black people don't, basically, you're just saying don't let... All of that. But it's all it's it's too late because we're it's it's a it's dirty. It's nasty. It's an open wound. It's a cancer. Slavery, racism, white supremacy is a cancer um, and it's a stain on America. And we just did you say when you shit? I think you posted it when you sit and shit. Long oh, enough. yeah. Yeah. When you yeah, you stop the smell. You, you can't smell it anymore. Yeah. So we're sitting in a pile of. Of shit, shit and it, for so long. And we've got it smelling like roses, but it's not roses. And it shows every single day on social media, in the media itself, mm-hmm. on how we deal with our families and our loved ones and our co-workers. We're some fucked up individuals and we need a healing. And it mm-hmm. will not start until we recognize what the issue is and deal with it. I'm trying to figure out if I have a big picture thought this week. I'm just going to try to make it an every week thing, but I only, if I mean, it, if it's, if you're being authentic, it may be hard. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not really feeling it this it. week and I don't want to force it. So yeah, my big picture thought is that it's all about the fucking big picture. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it'll work. Well, you can simple. come up with one for our video. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so stay tuned folks, because the next video, it's going to be a lot more fun than the last one. Yes, yes, yes. It's going to be Wiggers versus Oreos. Wiggers versus oh, Oreos. It's going to be oh fun. We got God. wigs. <laughs> <laughs> Bamboo earrings, at least two pair, y'all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, in conclusion, 
watch the video post-traumatic slavery disorder read the book white fragility there's mm-hmm. also a book is his name tim story um i sent that to you there's a book by another a guy a sociologist i can't remember the name but it's about it, it it speaks on this topic, race and racism and white privilege and white supremacy. Did you send me a video? I did. There's a, he has a video on YouTube also. Um, remember to follow us. And when you follow us, like, share, subscribe to our podcast or our YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram at the Rowan Joe show. Twitter at Row and Joe show. No W. Facebook. Facebook, The Row and Joe Show. And YouTube. And YouTube will be, YouTube's The Row and Joe Show as well. And then I'm going to post the YouTube video that we're talking about, post-traumatic slave disorder, on our Facebook page today. So you yes. can watch it. Yes, yes, yes. Very good, very good. And until next time. <laughs> be kind. Oh, wait, does Ellen say that? She says be kind to one another. So okay. I'm going to say, Row and Joe Show. Hello. Deuces.